Let's pray together. Oh God, we thank and praise you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for the sunshine. Thank you, God, for the promise of a new week. Lord, the reminder that you are, you are all around us, Lord. You love us, and we get the privilege of being called your children. Thank you, God, that you have ordered us to have um, relationships in our life, that we are relational creatures, and that you have created the body of Christ together to be in relationship with you and with each other. Lord, I pray that you would help us to prioritize meeting together, being together, encouraging one another. Um, Father, we thank you so much that you um, care for us when we're struggling. And when we pray for um, each one of us in our midst, Lord, that are struggling with, with varying things, Lord, with, um, with worry, with maybe our health, with maybe um, a family member, um, somebody that we are, are caring for. Um, Lord, we lift up um, our brother Stephen's dad to you. God, we pray for his healing as he is experiencing cancer and, um, and had a heart attack. God, would you remind Stephen's dad of, of your faithfulness to him, that you love him, that he is your beloved child. And would you give Stephen and his family um, all the strength and the wisdom that they need to care for their dad. God, we are mindful that um, this month has been Pastor Appreciation Month. And Lord, I just thank you for Pastor Jamie and how he ministers to us through music and through organization and, and um, being about so many details to help us to worship together and, and have connection to one another. We thank you for Claire and her ministry to our children and all the details that she organizes and orchestrates throughout the month. God, thank you for... Um, all the giftedness that is present between Claire and Jamie. And Lord, encourage them as they serve you. Thank you, Father, for our children that we get to just enjoy their presence. Lord, the hope that they bring to us. And Lord, I pray that you would give them strength at school, that you would remind them, God, that you are with them, that their identity is found in you. Lord, when the world attacks our identity and causes us to compare ourselves to others, Lord, just remind us how you see us and our value and our worth that comes from you. I pray, God, as we come to your word this morning, that we would be changed, that our hearts and our minds would not be the same as we are confronted with how you want us to live together and with you. And Lord, I pray that above all, we would love each other as you have called us to love. And I pray this all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So this week... <clears throat> Um, we are talking about the fellowship of believers, and that is one of the six affirmations that are part of the Evangelical Covenant Church. So our first slide will be, again, just a reminder, I'll always jog us back to where we were and then where we're going. Six affirmations in the Evangelical Covenant Church, what we say yes to. <clears throat> first one was centrality of the word of God. It all starts from here the necessity of new birth, that we are called to be new in Christ and that the starting of our relationship with Jesus is letting him, um, letting him forgive us and save us and change us and make us new. We depend consciously on the Holy Spirit and we allow the Holy Spirit to work within us and we kind of like, like John was saying that we can't depend on ourselves and Sally was saying it too, we can't depend on our own right but we need the Holy Spirit, we need God to guide us and help us. 
Um, last week we talked about the commitment to the whole mission of the church, meaning we, God alters us, our, our, our present reality and the future reality, and also not just here in this place, but throughout the world, and how we do that together. And today, we're talking about the church as a fellowship of believers. Um, next week, we will conclude with the reality of freedom in Christ, which is really, um, I'm excited to talk about that too, but today it's on fellowship. And I feel so encouraged just hearing John and Sally's story. I felt so encouraged in our new members class. We had um, three people in our new members class. We shared our testimonies this last week and, and about our spiritual gifts. And um, it's just it's so encouraging to see who God has brought to be together in this place, that there's no accident. So next first question, when you think of the word fellowship, what comes to mind? I thought about... Um, um, you know, in professional circles or in, in a medical circles, you'll have a fellowship that you'll go to and you'll learn and you'll become even more um, accomplished and able to practice. Um, I think about, um, I'm part of Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Um, when we were um, living in Champlain, I was a leader of a Fellowship of Christian Athletes huddle at the middle school and had um, student athletes coming together and helping them as they had fellowship as athletes, but then fellowship as Christ followers. But fellowship is an important word, and it's, it's used a lot within the church body to describe the church body together. The word fellowship also comes from the word koinonia, and I was going to give you an, um, a definition of that because this is a Greek word that's the most closely associated with holy covenantal fellowship, meaning that, the, that it comes from God, and it also is an agreement. It's, it's like we determine to be together for a certain reason. Um, in the Greek lexicon of the New Testament, it defines it as fellowship, association, community, communion, joint participation. Its origin in the Greek word koinoneus comes from the meaning of partner, sharer, companion. In short, it's a shared community that involves deep, close-knit participation among its people. You know, I was going to, not to, not to throw shade at, at large churches, but, you know, I think when you have intentional koinonia, you will be known and you'll allow yourself to be known. When you go to large churches, sometimes it's really hard to be known. Um, it, some people want to not be known. They want to slip in and slip out, and they want to have their time in, in church and leave. But really, God tells us that we are to be about more. We're not just supposed to like check off our church box. We're supposed to also do life together. And it's messy. It's hard. It involves vulnerability. You know, I know people who have been really hurt by the church. They've been hurt by, by Christians who call themselves followers of Christ, and they've done terrible damage. And so koinonia is risky. It is risky to say, I'm going to let myself be known by you, and I'm also going to seek to know you. It is, I keep thinking about that. That is like a, a risky thing to say to someone. Are you willing to be part of this journey and join in? Um, I just want to check in. Hey, Dylan, do you got that video ready to go? Yes. I love when like technology is working in my favor. Um, one of my favorite movies is, well, I mean, favorite books, I'm going to say books first because I think that's a good qualifier, is, is the, um, the Lord of the Rings. I'm, Dan and I are Tolkien fans through and through. I brought this man the Tolkien membership one year. He got all these nerdy books, and it was awesome. Um, but when I think of fellowship, my mind goes right to the Fellowship of the Rings. It goes to Hobbits. It goes to a big adventure. And I'm, I'm glad some people are nodding. I'm glad people aren't like, what are you talking about? So I wanted to show you one of my favorite clips that I think connects us to Christian fellowship. It's from the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Rings.
Why are we here? And you think about like how, how Tolkien does such a good job of the cause for getting rid of this, this evil reign. We have little Frodo who sets out to do this on his own. And then he has all these people come around with him with their skills and their abilities and their passion and also their desire to not let him be alone, to protect him, to help him accomplish his quest. And so in the church together, we are to be a fellowship of sorts just like that. We are supposed to um, go this journey together as believers in Jesus and also to know that we have strengths, we have gifts, we have abilities to support one another, encourage one another, and spur each other on in this life that we have that, it, that can be so hard and can be confronting with evil and, and, and really difficult things. And it means that we, we do it together. I think an important thing is understanding the importance of Christian fellowship is we first understand what it is and what it isn't. And the Greek words translated fellowship, like I had mentioned to you earlier, essentially mean a partnership for the mutual benefit of those involved. Christian fellowship then is a mutually beneficial relationship between Christians who can't have identical relationship with those outside the faith. And I think that's important to name is to say our, our time together, when we meet together, it's centered around Jesus Christ. It's not that like, you know, I would say it's not just because I like listening to Stephen play the violin or Jamie play the guitar or that we get to eat together. It's because we come here because of Christ. It means that we have something special and different that we can't get anywhere else in the world, and it's Jesus Christ, and we come here together. I've thought about um, you know, some of my, my friends who have come from other countries where meeting together as a Christian could mean you get thrown in jail. You know, I've thought about some of the stories that I know even here of people outside um, have come from other places in the world where you are going like, to risk your life and limb your property, your job, everything, to say that you identify as a Christian, but it, it means so much to say, I need to be with people who also love Jesus like me, and that's why I take that risk, that's why I do this. I think it could be even a risk for us here in America. Our status, our, our um, what people think of us, if, if, if that's important to us to say, I think about Jesus Christ and my relationship with him and my relationship with people who also love him, meaning I will take that risk and I will come. Um, you can bring that one back up, Dylan. So two important things that, that foster healthy fellowship in the church. First of all, that, that we are a communion or fellowship of believers and we are characterized by mutual participation in and sharing of the new life in Christ. It means that you come here on your own will because you want to be here and that you also find some mutuality here, that you find something that is going to encourage you and point you to, to Christ and to the life that, that you want to live as a follower of Christ. Um, it's important we think about that new life in Christ and in 2 Corinthians 5, I had, we've been in and out of this chapter a lot, but it's important also that we think about this truth in verse um, 16, 2 Corinthians 5, 16. It says, so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do, snow, we do so no longer. It means we come together in this place. We don't see each other in the ways that the world sees people. We see each other through the eyes of Jesus Christ. We see that you are my brother and sister in Christ. We are equal because of Christ. 
We also recognize our need for ethnic diversity, for fellowship and mutual ministries across artificially constructed social economic boundaries, and for the gifts and leadership of women and men. It means that um, in Christ we are equals. That was such a radical thing in the New Testament. You know, our world does such a good job of dividing us and putting people in, in boxes. And when we come to Christ, you know, one thing I love to say to people is that the foot of the cross, the playing field is level. At the foot of the cross, we all come in equal need of Jesus and his love and his forgiveness. And we also come knowing that we also have something to offer to one another, regardless of, um, regardless of our money status, regardless of our, you know, if we're married or divorced or single, regardless if we have kids or no kids, regardless of the fact that we might come from a different country or a city, it means that we come together in Christ because he calls us brothers and sisters. Next slide, Dylan. Spending time together in the first century was radical. First of all, there's, there was so many boundaries of, um, first of all, like, you know, the Apostle Paul says in Galatians that neither, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, meaning those who are Jewish, those are non-Jewish, meaning slave nor free, male nor, nor female. It means that all were one in Christ. And that's so important because in, in that time, it was, you think about like us all gathered together. We are all so different. And in that time and space, if you weren't the same, you weren't together. And so Jesus brought together the most um, unusual group of people together, but it was because of him, because he had changed their lives, because they had encountered him. And so it was so radical for people to be together. It was radical for people of um, high economic status and low economic status to be together. That was not a thing. So that, that itself, and, and that's actually probably the one factor that is unique among Christians is that that we come from so many different places, but we come together because of Jesus Christ. Next one, Dylan. In the Covenant Church, we also have the saying of the priesthood of believers, meaning that every believer is called to be part of a fellowship of believers and to participate in evangelism, formation, worship, and service. It means that no matter who you are, that God has given you some gift to participate in the building up of the body together. Next one, Dylan. And this scripture comes from 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen race. Chosen race meaning a race that is part of Christ. Not by black, white, Asian, African. It means none of, none of that. That's all descriptors of who we are, but the chosen race is meaning people that are found in Jesus Christ. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That is who you are as a fellowship of believers together. Next one, Dylan. Um, in the Covenant Church, it's pretty simple. Membership is by confession of personal faith in Jesus Christ. It's open to all believers. And this is important also to know that we don't expect that all believers will agree on every detail of Christian belief. What is required is that one may be born anew into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's why today we spent time in our membership class telling our faith stories, how you came to know Jesus, how he changed your life, how you know that, that something is different. An important um, verse that I want to be reminding you of um, and Dylan, you can um, go to this next slide, is in John 15, 16 to 17, Jesus reminds us, 
You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask for in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you may love one another. At the end of the day, it all comes back to love. Next one, Dylan. The Covenant Church believes that the Holy Scripture is to be the source of the church's life, its preaching and teaching, and its means for renewal. And we observe communion, baptism as sacraments, acknowledging that they are outward signs of invisible grace that God gives to us. We're going to celebrate communion in a moment. And it's, it's that moment, the element of, of the bread and the juice together, of that outward sign of Jesus' body given for us the, in the bread. Um, the, the juice or the wine being that outward sign of that invisible grace of his blood shed for us. Jesus died on a cross. He spilled his blood so that we could be forgiven. Um, in a couple of weeks, we're gonna have baptism and that water is that outward sign of, of cleansing and renewal and saying also that when we, um, we, we die, our, we, our old self dies with Christ in the symbolism of going down under the water. You think about it, if you're staying under the water too, too long, you're gonna drown, right? But when you come back up, it's that symbolism of new life being risen together with Christ, just like how Jesus rose from the dead. And so in those simple signs of water, juice, and bread, we celebrate the outward signs of the invisible grace God gives to us. And how do we do things in the ECC? The Covenant Church is a communion of interdependent member congregations. There's about 900 churches in the United States in the Evangelical Covenant Church. Each local congregation seeks the guidance of the Holy Spirit in matters of common life and mission. In accordance with congrega congregational polity, every congregation is free to govern its own affairs. That's important to note. Like In some churches, there's a synod system. I grew up in a church denomination where they could like yoink your pastor whenever they wanted. It was terrible. In the Covenant Church, we, we come together and we, we discern you know, who we're calling as our pastor and, and what we want to do in our church and what we don't want to do in our church. And at the same time, covenant congregations have committed themselves to participate responsibly in fellowship decisions and shared ministries of our regional conference, which is part of um, Minnesota, Wisconsin, the Dakotas, no Iowa, Iowa's not part of our conference, um, and denominations. So we are also accountable to each other in some larger ways. Next one. And I just want to name this. What has impacted our fellowship together? You know, I, I just want to name COVID impacted fellowship big time. And I also think that we, um, I've named that we've, we're in recovery, but you know what, church? I, I think we got to get off our butts and we got to get back together. We have to decide too, are we going to commit to being together? Are we going to commit to saying, it's important that I'm here. It's, it's important to know that if we're not here we are missed, that there's something that's missing from the body. And I think we have to decide how we're going to do this together and not let 2020 impact 21, 22, 23. And I don't usually speak that frankly of getting, getting off our butts and getting back in, but, but we do. God has something for us to do here. This, this land, when you look around this land next to Highway 62 and, and the, the school all around us, God has something for us to do together as a body, and we need to do that. And so I'm just going to ask you to keep praying about our fellowship together. Um, next slide, Dylan. And that goes into why we need each other so much. I need you. You need, you, we, need we need to be together. This world does such an awesome job of separating us and dividing us according to who we are, what we do, where we live, who we're from, all that. And, and we need each other so much because Jesus has brought us together because of him. 
We need each other to pray for one another. We need to encourage one another. We need to pray for one another. We have to hold each other accountable. We have to spur each other on, sharpen one another. You are needed. I need you. You need each other. We accomplish this in some ways, and this is a reminder from last week, by befriending, we do this together, by noticing one another. I notice you, I see you, and I hope that you see each other as, as fellow believers in Christ together. We show and tell, just like John and Sally did today, we, we talk about how God has been at work in our lives and how he's at work then and now. We use generosity and compassion together as fellowship of believers. We share what we have and we, we're generous and we also pay attention and say, hey, if you need something, I've got you. And we do it together through suffering and service. You know, when, when one suffers, all suffer. You know, I've thought about Stephen, your dad. Like, I suffer with you as, you as you hurt for your dad. You know, I suffer with you that when you're struggling through something, um, that's why we need to tell each other and, and pray for one another. So I was just gonna remind you, if you have prayer requests or something that you, you want prayer for, email us as pastors and let us know so we can lift you up, so we can, you know, if you don't want that shared from up front, totally. But just know that we want to pray for one another and, and, and know what we can do for each other. And we serve one another. Um, and today we're going to do that through our trunk or treat, through our eating together. I mean, we do this because of Jesus. It all comes back to Jesus. And I just want to be reminding you that this occurs, next one, Dylan, through boundaries of race. It goes across boundaries of race, ethnicity, culture, gender, age, and status. That's why there's such a hodgepodge of us all together. Jesus says, you are my body, meaning the body has different parts and different functions, but we all do it together. And as we come to the communion table, I want to remind you of how the historic church did this. Next one, Dylan. In the early church, I love this, um, this iconic picture that I found. They, they called communion a love feast. They got together and they shared a simple meal together. They would eat together and then they would have the bread and the juice or bread and the wine together. And they would do that then and we still do that now as we come to the table. And, we, and we're reminded that, that Jesus says when you, when, you eat this, when you eat this bread and you take this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. And we also say that that is the one thing that we share in common is, is brothers and sisters in Christ, the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Um, so I want to remind you today as we come to the table that the only thing that qualifies you to take communion is that you say, Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. I need you. We celebrate open communion, meaning that you don't need to be a member. You just need to say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and I choose to follow him, and I receive his forgiveness for my sins. Um, when we take the bread, it's, it's the body of Christ broken and shed for us. When we take the cup, it's his blood given for us, and it's a new covenant, new promise because of Jesus. It's that simple. And so I'm going to invite you all to come up and pray. And um, children, just know if, you're, if you have Jesus as your Lord and Savior and your parents have agreed with you that you can receive communion, you can come up with your families as well. Um, <clears throat> These are our, still our, this is the reminder of COVID, the to-go cups. Sorry, it's still a drive-through. But when you take the bread on the top, just open up the top and, um, and we'll take it all together when I instruct you to. So just hold it there, but just know there's a top part and then the bottom part and we'll take and eat and then we'll worship and then we will have a great day. So pray with me, please. Oh, Father God, Lord Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, we worship you together as people who love you and have been called by your name. 
Thank you for the promise, God, that you say wherever more are gathered, two or more, that you are with us. And so we just praise and thank you, God, for your presence. We thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross, for saving us, for forgiving us from guilt and shame. Thank you, God, for giving us a new story to tell because of you. Thank you, Jesus, that when we come to the cross, it is equal, equal playing ground, and that we all come in desperate need of you. Thank you, Father, that the, the way to come to you is just by saying, I believe in you, Jesus. I need your forgiveness. Please accept me and, and work in my life and, and change me. And thank you, Father, that you love us so much, and, and that is all we need. And so for anyone here, Lord, who's never said, yes, Jesus, I need you, Lord, may they say yes to you today. And God, for those of us who have said yes to you, thank you, Jesus, that, that you said yes to us also and that you did choose us and that we are your children. I pray, Lord, as my friends and I take this bread and this juice together, we will be reminded of your sacrifice for us and in your love for us and your presence. And we thank and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I'm going to invite this side of the room to come up first and then hold your cups until we come. <laughs>